0: Hello, and welcome again to another very special episode of Five Plain Questions, this week called Five Scary Questions, Part 2, an episode that shares stories from Indigenous artists, creators, musicians, writers, movers and shakers, and culture bearers, with stories that are both scary, insightful, and very,
1: very curious.
0: I'm Joe Williams, your host for the scary event. I'm Director of Kanna, the Native American Programs at the Plains Art Museum. My goal is to showcase these amazing people in our indigenous communities from around the region and country. Here at the podcast, we celebrate our culture and the high art that is produced by our brilliant artists and community members every single day. But I also recognize that within our traditional culture, there is a veil that lies between this world and what we call the other side, sometimes referred to as the afterlife. And it's a very thin veil, sometimes so thin. we can see past it and other times the boundary between here and there becomes blurred and so we're unsure of what side we're on. In the following true stories we're going to hear from the experiences that our guests and myself cannot fully explain. So let's jump into this first story with Dallas Goldtooth, the third season guest who shares a story from his childhood who wakes up to find an unexpected visitor.
2: Hell yeah, you know how to get to the heart, you know, you know the questions that get Indians talking. You know the question. Hey, tell me a scary story. And then everyone comes out talking. Um, okay, so I was I I think I was in seventh grade, and I'm my brothers and I shared our a room together. And so me and my little brother, we actually shared a bed together. And this one night I was asleep and I was laying on my, I was laying on my side and my face directly across my face is the door that goes to the hallway, the doorway, the door is open and the hallway light is on right in front of my face is the end table. And there was a digital alarm clock right in front of me and I fell asleep. And I woke up and it was like 2.17 in the morning. And I know that because the the, the clock is right in front of my face, right there. Big red lighters, 2.17. And I'm just looking at it, you know, trying to, I'm like getting my bearings. And then I, my eyes focus from the clock and it blurred out in the distance in the hallway is this figure in the hallway and so my eyes rack focus. See, they go from the the alarm clock to the figure, and the figure is about four feet tall, and how? Ha- and I ha- only see half of it because the other half is blocked by the the door, the door frame. And my, I kind of do like a little puzzle, like, what, what what is that? And I kind of lean up, straighten myself up, and I see this figure. And it's kind of blurry and it's all hairy it's completely hairy it's a full like it's fur it's all fur and i i freak i get i get scared I freak out but what I do is I fall off the halfway fall off the bed I'm like both my my i I fall off like i both my hands hit the floor but the rest of my body stays on the bed and so I'm standing there with my and I look at it and I say Hey, like I yell out, Hey, and it, it moves, it turns towards me. Like it's it must, it's back must've been to, to towards me and it turned and looked at me and because of the light was straight above, I didn't see a face. It was just, I, it was just the silhouette and the hair and then it takes off. And that was the most terrifying aspect of it. Cause I could hear it running through the house and we lived in a trailer home a double wide trailer. So, you know, for those that live in a trailer home, you know how the sound of somebody running through the house, it takes off running. And I get frozen and I get frozen by saying the words, Hey, over and over. I'm yelling, Hey, 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 Hey. And I didn't know what else to do. And I'm yelling, Hey, Hey. And then I open my eyes and I'm laying in the exact same position. And it's exactly 2 17 in the morning it like time went back the went the the hallway light is on and i look and there's no figure there and i'm like what just happened and i went back to sleep and i just stuck with me for the rest of my life
0: lauren waters demonstrates not all visitors are in the hallway
3: as a as a kid growing up and maybe other people a lot of other people may have this experience but I just felt like I was really susceptible to energy and I've really never been able to explain um, some of the things that I've experienced as a kid but you know as I got older I kind of chose to close that a little bit um, but you know what comes to mind well first uh, <laughs> my cousins, lived out in, uh, Geary, Oklahoma, which is, like, in the middle of nowhere on, you know, 80 acres of land, and we would go out there in the summertime and spend long periods just with them running around, being, you know, little Indians running around doing crazy shit, and, um, they would take me to, I was the youngest, and they were older than me, like, you know, by 10 years or so, and they would take me out in the middle of the woods, like, literally in the middle of nowhere, and, um, it would be night, nighttime, completely dark. And we would park on this, like, very specific bridge out there. And they would they would tell me about Dear Lady. And they would say, you know, I mean, and it's a common, I feel like, spirit uh, that some um, a lot of uh, indigenous cultures have in Oklahoma and the surrounding area. But, um, you know, she if you don't know about Dear Lady, she comes for for men young men specifically who may be you know doing not so great things in society and and trick them and you know take them away because she's a beautiful woman with with deer feet but anyways as a kid i didn't really know that i just knew that dear woman existed and she was a really scary uh presence and so they would take me out on this bridge in the complete dead of night they would be like she we're gonna go see dear lady She will only come out if we park on this bridge, roll all the windows down and turn off the car. I need to be really quiet and she'll come. We'll just wait here. And I was so freaking terrified of like, dear lady, coming up to my window and like just grabbing me or taking me or one of my cousins. And so now I look back and laugh about it because I'm just like, she wasn't going to come, but I know she's out there. And I think just the thought of um, having that experience and then learning more about, the about her and where where that story originates um (laughs) it's really funny to me now but I think you know along the lines of of spirits that may be out there that you don't know exist but um you may have certain things in your life that happen and you're like that is very weird and personally like I grew up in two different houses when I was younger and one of them was out in the country in Norman and now i have so many dreams from that house and they're always bad and they're always stress dreams or creepy or very weird but they're never the same it's always different and i remember just feeling so creeped out about living in that house and my sister texted me not too long ago and was like do you have dreams about this house about that house because i have like a lot of scary dreams there and i'm like yeah me too and my older sister and i have talked about that and so there was something that, that was there, but I also think that spirits can present themselves or follow people, and you know if you're having a negative energy, they attach to that. And so we moved, um, not because of that, but <laughs> whenever we moved to our second house, um, when I was in eighth grade and through high school, I remember, you know, waking up in the middle of the night often in, like, around 3 a.m. or so. And um, my sister's room touched my room, and we had a hallway. And then my parents' room was on the other side of the house. And um, (laughs) I just remember – so we built this house so it was new. And um, I just remember waking up and hearing things in the attic – And I'm like, okay, is it like raccoons or is it mice? Like it's kind of creeping me out. It kind of sounded like footsteps like above and it and it happened pretty frequently. Like I would wake up and be like, Oh god. So then um I told my mom about it and I was like, you know, can we like check out the attic or have someone inspect it? And we did and nothing was there. And so that's when I really started to get freaked out. (laughs) And um I remember one day I was in the back of my parents closet which is like in the back of the house and I was alone in the house and I was looking for something maybe like some of my mom's jewelry and um there was a little attic door above in the in the closet and literally it was like a rake sound was like scraping across the top of the of the closet and it was just like so loud and so clear and I was like I literally just, like, froze for, like, two seconds and, like, ran out the door and was, like, what just happened? Like, how is it that there are th- there's something that exists here that I don't understand and don't know why it's here? Like, it's a brand-new house, so, like, it's not, like, a haunted house. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really freaked me out. And, uh, you know, my last experience with the things in the attic and there was one one night where – My, where, you know, I would wake up and hearing things, whatever. And at that point, I kind of like got used to it where I'm just like, all right, like (laughs) the spirits are back. And um, my sister, I heard her door open and she screamed and she closed the door really fast and ran down the hallway and you could hear her footsteps down the hallway. And then another door on the other side of the house slammed. And I was like, is she okay? Like, what's going on? So I called my mom. And um, so in my head, I'm like thinking through what door is it? And the only door that it could have been was my parents' bedroom because all the doors outside, there's like an alarm that goes off. And whenever, you know, I call my mom, she's like, no, your sister's not in here. And I was like, what was that then? So my mom went and checked on her and she was sound asleep in her bed and we still don't know what it was or what happened, or I was so freaked out (laughs) by that occurrence. And, you know, it maybe isn't specific to indigenous stories, but I also think that sometimes there are just things that we can't understand and that are out there that exist that we can't explain. And um, yeah, very creepy. I haven't ever shared that before, so.
0: Raven Chacon is keeping his keen ear on some different frequencies.
4: I have to say, I don't know if I believe in ghosts. And the reason why is I've, I've tried. I've, I've put, I go to, I did a recording project years ago called Brujas. What the project was, was I sent out a chain letter to five musicians in Albuquerque. And said to spread this chain letter to other musicians, you know, in town, Albuquerque is a ton of musicians. And the chain letter said, meet on this date at midnight at this address. There's no electricity. There's no lights. It'll be pitch black, bring an acoustic instrument. If you hear sounds play along with it. And so I would go ahead of time when there was still daylight and, um, set up a bunch of microphones. Some portable portable recording rig, and I would sit in the dark and wait for musicians to show up, and I'd play music with them. And we made a whole album out of it, anonymously like this uh, over several sessions. I, the sites I chose were chosen because they they all have a bit of urban legend about being haunted here in Albuquerque. And so part of that this process for me was to um, was was to do that to to finally see okay i'm i'm saying show show yourself to me and i never saw anything let's say or or felt any negativity that's not to say that nothing was there in fact maybe i did hear things and there's things on the recording that i can't explain so at least sonically maybe <laughs> there's other energy that was there but, as far as me saying, you know, oh, I saw a ghost, I saw something scary. I saw something where that that hasn't happened quite like that. but I will tell you a story I heard from a re- a relative um, I, re- I heard the story about somebody being at a, the casino, you know, one of the Indian casinos and uh, a man kept following her around. He's wearing this trench coat and uh, At a certain point, he stopped and then walked away. And this person who shared this with me said that then they saw a tail coming out from this, (laughs) underneath this trench coat. And uh, so that's interesting to me. Not, I mean, uh, the fact that it's at the casino, you know, (laughs) (laughs) that maybe there's a. You uh, know the, the the more kind of traditional devil, maybe I think is is uh, always a fun thing to think about, um, and and as it relates to to where we find ourselves, you know, this uh, the casino being a, a more kind of contemporary encroachment, or if you want to call it an encroachment or not, uh, presence in our communities for better or worse.
0: For better or worse, Jenna Schmieding discusses the neighbors in the woods.
5: I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, um, um, in the Willamette Valley, which is a valley that uh, runs alongside the Cascade Mountain Range, and the Cascades are well-known Bigfoot country. And I have, I had neighbors um, when I was a younger girl who. Uh, who said, and these were white people, but they said that they had encountered uh, migrating Bigfoot. So there's like, you know, there's talk of these, you know, Bigfoot families or, you know, they were, you know, Bigfoot alone. They use the Cascade mountain range to migrate um, north south. And um, they said that they found um, like giant piles of dung that had both cherry pits and um, rat bones in them. So omnivorous (laughs) feeders. And And they lived next to a cow pasture and they were like, it was not cow. It was not a cow pie at all. Um, but the father of this family, his name was Bob, said that when he was building their house out in the middle of the this giant po- sort of plot of land, it was several acres of land and it bordered a forest that was a bit of a canyon and there was a creek at the bottom of the canyon. He said he was on the roof one evening sort of hammering his... Um, hammering away at his roof and building the roof. And he heard this high pitched humanoid, but not quite human scream. It was like a very loud scream that echoed across the canyon. And he stopped hammering and he looked around and he was like, what the hell was that? And then he heard it again and it terrified him he got down off the roof and like stopped working he was like it, it like chilled him to the bone the sound of this call the scream and he thought god maybe it's a cougar or you know there there it's mountain lion country also so it could have been that or whatever anyway um a few months later when the house was all built and you know, he and his wife were settling into bed one night. Um, he was, she was asleep, but he was still awake a little bit and he heard it again and it was closer and it woke him up and he sat up and he, you know, he woke up his wife and, and then it happened again and she heard it. And, um, so yeah, they started to investigate, they started to, you know, buy books and stuff about Bigfoot and all of the things were matching up that all of the different signs and they never found like a big print or anything, but, um, but he's a believer and he, and he made me a believer, you know, hearing his stories, I was like, Oh yeah, Bigfoot are real. And they're, They're in Oregon. They're in the Pacific Northwest, for sure.
0: You may want to cover your eyes as you open your ears to Dakota Mesa's story up next.
6: But I think one of the most recently um, strange things is that uh, with Dene people, and I think this is for a lot of Native cultures, is that we believe the owl as like an omen of death and everything. Uh, So there was a moment where... I was back home in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I kept constantly like waking up and everything to either drink water or just waking up in the middle of the night. And I think it was by the third night, um, for some reason in my dream, there was an experience of like hearing an owl outside, but also hearing my younger siblings outside talking about this owl. And um saying like oh it's okay you can trust it and everything and i realized i was wide awake and i could hear those voices outside the window um so i immediately jumped up i was freaked out (laughs) i was like (laughs) i looked at the time and it was like 3 a.m and i was questioning like why are they outside because my younger siblings it's a huge age gap um so they're like teenagers and i was like why are they outside at 3 a.m i checked all the rooms everyone was asleep so yeah. <laughs> in in Dine culture it's like, oh, there's definitely something out there that's trying to mimic um my siblings, so definitely stayed up for the rest of the night, but that's been the most recent scary experience that I've had.
0: American Meredith shares a story of a four-legged friend that is still maybe still around.
1: So my grandmother had this cat, Piwacket. It lived to be 19 years old. And um, it passed on. She passed on. I don't know why I'm being gender specific with the cat. The cat passed on. Um, and um, I was 12 years old. And I was waiting for my friend from Bolivia to call me back on the phone. And uh, I heard, meow, 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 as plain as day. And I ran downstairs. And I told the family. And I'm like, oh, my God, Piwacket. I heard Piwacket." And they were all like, you're crazy. Ha, 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 ha. Everyone laughed at me. And then one by one. Every single person in my family has encountered the ghost cat. So um, all this weird poltergeist stuff was happening. And my grandparents' house was crazy anyway. But um, no one was in the room. But people were in the house. And this grandfather clock shot across the floor and smashed on the other wall. So people could see the debris. And no one was in that room. Doors would lock and unlock by themselves. Papers. So I was uh, taking a shower, which is good. And I was looking at this mirror. And I looked at the mirror. And the mirror did not fall on the wall off me. I looked at it. It cracked and shattered into a all these pieces and fell all over me and um my uncle took me to the emergency room and and they were all laughing it's like yeah ghost cat got her and i'm like it's not funny this hurts i have to get stitches so i have scars from ghost cat and um my aunt um was sleeping and uh on her belly she was kind of sleeping and she saw this kind of glittery um this kind of glittery kind of and this is daylight all this stuff happens during the day it's not like you know um, she saw this kind of glittery kind of, um, just kind of shape and she felt the cat walking on her, but she, she, she could like open her eyes and see nothing. So other people felt that too. And (laughs) I had a little friend, um, you know, high school, I had a friend spend the night with me at my grandparents' house. And she's like, before we went to sleep, she's like, there's no cats in this house, right? I'm allergic. And, um, I'm like, no, there's no cats in the house. You're fine. So went to sleep, and then she woke me up, and she's like, I hear a cat. I hear a cat. You told me there are no cats. And I don't remember this, but apparently I told her, that cat's dead. Don't worry about it. Go to sleep. <laughs> so that's my really. But it's many, many people have seen the experience Piwicket. Wicket. <laughs> So I just, I can't explain anything. I just deeply accept that the world is far more complex than we can get with our teeny little brains. The world is, the universe is a very complex place.
0: <laughs> and now a story from Kathleen Ash Milby.
7: I was, um, I was staying in a house that belonged to my brother who had recently passed away. This is in Albuquerque, New Mexico, in 2020, and the house actually belonged originally to my paternal grandfather. He purchased the house in 1941 in the old town section of Albuquerque, New Mexico, and you know the house hadn't been updated much in the years that had gone by, and it was it was definitely. Uh, neglected to a certain degree. And it just always, I just was always a little bit uncomfortable sleeping there, you know, these old houses that, that really feel like they're from the past. And the last night that I spent in this house, I had been a little bit nervous, I think, about just being alone in the house and uh, feeling a little bit vulnerable in the house and worried about someone breaking in. And I just was tossing and turning and I turned over in my bed and caught out of the corner of my eye what looked like a figure sneaking across the room in the dark and I said something i i shouted an expletive <laughs> I won't say it on the on the radio and just like kind of jumped up and looked, and suddenly. I saw a man just for a second, almost like a flash went off. And I say that because the room was completely dark and I had seen a huddled figure moving across the room. But in that instance, I saw what he was wearing. I saw what he looked like. He was wearing uh, suspenders, jeans. It looked like maybe a plaid shirt. He had dark hair. He was definitely a white guy that I didn't recognize immediately. And it's, but then suddenly he was gone, right? It just was just that moment of recognition that that, that suddenly I saw everything. And then once I sort of like realized, well, maybe I was sleeping. um, Obviously it's dark in here. Of course, then I turned on the lights and left them on the rest of the night. And I was telling my cousin about it the next day. And she's like, you just described our grandpa. And that would have been around the time, how he looked around the time that he purchased the house. And I was like, well, I guess that's good that it wasn't a hostile visit. But I'm never sleeping there again. Forget it.
0: (laughs) Chad Charlie proves that not all dreams should come true. Or maybe they are.
8: And it was very very detailed dream and I was like at a youth program at a camp at a campsite and I was like I'm gonna go roam around the woods and I came across this little pond and I could see like a light shining through the water from the bottom and I dove in <clears throat> started swimming towards it and it was like an opening like kind of like a and like a, a cave just on the other side where light's shining through and i get there and it's this little room sorry and it's this little room and it's like made up really nice and like it's like somebody's home right and within our culture we have beliefs that like well not just beliefs these are like actual happenings that like when people go on their spiritual journey um or i guess um or what do they call it, like a vision quest type thing where you just, we, we go out into the nature and we, we survive and, and we have our own spiritual uh, awakening. Um, and some people some people get lost in that awakening and then they turn into the wild man, they turn into zunukwa uh, or Pukwus. And in this dream, there was in that cave there was this elderly man and to me I felt like he was like really friendly right and he was very welcoming and he told me this story and I forget the details of the story and I was like you know what I want to come back and he was like I want to have you for dinner I was like all right um let me go tell my people and then I'll be back and I went back to the campsite and I was like, yo, I met this really like dope elderly man out in the woods. Don't ask me how I got there. I just swim through a little pond. <laughs> um, and they're like, don't go back. And I was like, what do you mean? They're like, did he say that he wanted to have you for dinner? I was like, yeah, those were his exact words. And they're and like he just requested that I like bring back like a big soup pot or something you know and uh, they were just like no he said he wants to have you for dinner like he wants to have you for dinner I was like nah, nah no no and then uh, and then I didn't listen and then I just grabbed a pot and made my way back to the woods and I could feel the energy following me and I looked back and it was him and he started chasing me and I'm like yeah and then uh then I woke up and, uh, and I remember I was talking to some people within my family about that dream and they were just like that was you know, that was basically the story of, of Bukwas that was the story of Tsunukwa, you know, those those people the wild man in the forest, that that they'll find ways to trick you to eat with them or trick you to to um to being their food really within our culture we know to respect that we know the sacred sites to not go to we know i mean i didn't listen in my dream but you know we know not to to enter into spaces we're not supposed to be in and you know that's the theme of of this story is is we know that they're out there we told you not to go and look at you yeah, just spirit dinner <laughs>
0: Savannah TallBear also gives us some food for thought.
9: When I was younger at Cheyenne Sundance, um, my cousin, she, so if anyone is native, you usually know how camps are set up at like semi-circularly, like with all the teepees and the lodges and everything. And then there's one big, either an arbor or a lodge or something in the middle of the semicircle. So my cousin had been walking like on the road behind the tents. The row of tents. And it's like 1130 at night. So it's dark already. It's summer. We're out in the middle of nowhere because it's Sundance. Um, It's not really the middle of nowhere. It's where they recorded that movie, (laughs) the documentary, but whatever. Uh, She's walking and she Someone comes up to her and she thinks it's our other cousin. And they're like, hey, come on. Like, let's go walking. And she's like, okay, but I have to go back to my camp soon. Like, my dad will get mad at me. So they start walking around the semicircle. And she's like, okay, I have to go back. And they're like, no, keep walking. And it like grabs her arm. And she's like, okay, just for a little bit longer. And so they keep walking. And They're almost to the east side of the semicircle, which is, there's nothing there because it's the east side. (laughs) Um, And she's like, I really have to keep going. Like, I have to go back to my camp. And it starts dragging her on the dirt road on the east side. And since there's no lodges on the east side, she can see the lodge in the very center. And so she manages to break free and go to the lodge where all, like, the people in ceremony are. And we're maybe six or seven. No, we were older than that. We may be ten. But something had dragged her along that dirt road. She got away, goes up, and they're like, yeah, it was a little person trying to take her. And so, all of the kids out at Sundance had to get blessed. No one was allowed to go to the bathroom by themselves. No one was allowed to go anywhere. Like, if you were a child, you weren't allowed to go. And usually, you know, Indian kids just run around all over the place by themselves. Like, especially at ceremony. Like, you entertain yourself. But all the kids had to be blessed. And, like, you could see, like, she was was torn up, like, from being like dragged on the road she thought it was our other cousin our other cousin had been at her camp the whole time so that's when i learned (laughs) learned that little people here at least like to take kids
0: and now tanya red wrote the story from the park
10: I don't know why we dared each other to be in the park at after dark. Um, but a, a friend of ours, we were probably about, I don't know, 15 and she was like 17. So she could drive and she had this old green car, kind of black top. I don't even know what it was, but um, so she drops us off in the Riverside Park. This is in Grand Forks and she drives us off in the park. And I don't know if our challenge was like to go across the park in the dark. Ooh. <laughs> but um, here me and my friend thought she had came back around and we get up to the car and I want to say they were maybe Hispanic men. I don't, but it was not her, but it was the exact same car. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> like this car, I mean, how do you even duplicate it. This car it was just like, anyway, it was so, so creepy. And so we run through the park and then the car was just gone. And then my friend said she never seen a car. I'm just like you didn't see that car. There's all these like what we what we thought was maybe Hispanic Hispanic man or whatever, um, and they were just you know like laughing and not I, you know I, they were speaking different language. I mean at, the, at I mean at the time I maybe thought it was Spanish, but um, when I think about it now, I'm like hmm. I don't know. Maybe those were some uncles like scaring us a little bit. Like you better go home. <laughs> don't be out here after dark. Cause that car disappeared. And my friend said, she's like, I drove around twice in here. And she's like, I never seen one car. I'm like, how? And there's no way that there's, that, that your car is not like an everyday car. I mean, it was like something like, and you think this was like, you know, way back in the eighties and that car was probably like a sixties. I mean, it wasn't like, you know what I mean? It wasn't a, a car that just was, you replicate like everyday cars. So um, that's, that, that always kind of, I always kind of wonder like maybe they weren't even Hispanic and I, maybe I don't even know what language they were talking. Maybe it was my uncle saying, get home. (laughs) But the car was gone and she said she never saw a car.
0: We now return to Buffalo man with another story and he's not alone.
11: Yeah, because, yeah, I have another one, too, another incident, but, uh, like, uh, it was me and a friend, we were, um, we were living in the housing on the res, right, and they were living in the other housing, and I was living in, you know, this other one, and I had to walk her home, and we ended up seeing something by the tribal hall, like, it was was pretty, pretty crazy, I don't know what it was, it's still to this day, I kind of have a hard time talking about it, but. But like i don't i still don't know what it was because all i all i can say is that when we were walking there like you know how they have lights around like the buildings like like I, if you can imagine that well this tribal hall was this big square building and we were walking because you go through the cemetery to get to the other housing right so we were walking through the cemetery and that that was a normal walk so everybody did it, it wasn't like oh it's scary so that was the regular walk but then we got by the tribal hall and all I could say is everything got black, like dark, but none of the lights changed, but it just like everything got dark. And we seen this guy walking behind the tribal hall. Like when we were walking this way, he was walking up like that. And, uh, but we turned on the dirt road, like, cause there was a road and then it went out to the highway, then, then back around. So we walked out onto the road, but that guy was walking along the building and he kept walking along the building, but he was just so farther back. And my dog was getting kind of, like he was getting kind of like antsy a bit and he started fluffing up and growling, but he wouldn't leave my side. You know, he was just like getting fluffy and he started growling around. And the friend I was with, um, they started getting scared. And I was like, well, I was like, I don't know. You know, we are cause that, I just thought that was a security guy. And as we are walking, we get onto the road and we start walking, you know, then we start walking on the road and then he gets by the corner of the building. And there's a light there with the round, dome on top of it like one of those light poles and i think it was probably like probably like eight feet tall or something like that and all i could say is that whoever this person was that when they got up to that light they stood up that's that's all i could say that that because they look like a you know how you see the head and the shoulders right well that fucker stood up like like stood up and then when it stood up it was taller than that light pole and its arms were like down by its knees and it looked like kinda of like a gray like a greenish skin like that. And there was no like hair or anything on it. It was just like this big thing and it was like looking at us while we were walking by that pole. The dog never ran or anything and it watched us and then we turned down the road and went to the her house and then you know but then I had to walk back and nothing was there and I wasn't even like wasn't even scared. You know what I mean? Like like when you see something like that, you usually you know, you're going to be scared. But when I walked back through, it was like it didn't even, it didn't even happen or whatever. But there again, that was something that, because I didn't know, like I said, it scared me because it stood up. Like that's all I could say is that it fucking, because it looked like a normal person until it like came into the light kind of, it wasn't even in the light really, but it went by that pole and it was like, you could see it like the pole was like here and it was like looking down, but it was like looking at us. And it was just this long, Dangly creature of some type, you know. Whether it was human or Bigfoot or what, I don't know, but it was there.
0: It for this very special episode of Five Scary Questions Part 2. I want to thank our guests for sharing these astonishingly true stories. So, next time you're at home, try to sleep through the night, and if something goes bump in the night, just try to ignore it. I also want to thank you for joining us and spending your time listening to what I feel are very scary stories and true stories from our community. So, Join us next week for part three with a very special episode. I'm Joe Williams. You can find me on Canna, that's C-A-N-A-A, Creativity Among Native American Artists on Facebook, or at the plainsart.org website. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at 5PlainQuestions. There you can see our programming, past videos, and these podcasts. If you have a scary story that you want to share with me, uh, please email me at jwilliams at plainsart.org, or message me on social media. I'd really like to hear right that's it you take care and we will see you next week maybe this has been production.